Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another great episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Uh, We're currently working remote right now, so unfortunately, we don't have our brand new, awesome recording set up today. So, so sorry. Uh, But I hope you liked the last few episodes that we had with uh, Kevin Strange and Justin Sullivan. Uh, But today we're back to just Carson and myself. Uh, I know it's disappointing, but uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Today we're going to talk about something that uh, each of us face, um, some more than others, especially when you're in mountainous areas. We're going to talk about flying in hot weather or hot weather flying. Also, we're going to touch base on density altitude. It's something that can definitely kill you. And uh, in Southern California, we face it constantly. Actually, we're starting to face it now daily. Um, It's already getting warmer and warmer. Well, finally, it's getting warmer, I should say. It's been kind of cold and and muggy and rainy for months now. So I'm excited for that hot weather flying, no matter what it means for us. You know, it's kind of weird. The the last year or so has been the exception to the rule, which has pretty much been the rule my entire life, is we have a year-round summer here in Southern California. And flying in that year-round summer, um, it's it's taught me quite a bit about flying in the heat. And it goes beyond just being hot and sweaty and flying an airplane, uh, because your plane will not fly the same in the heat as it will in the cold. So, Brandon, can you explain a couple things? Uh, First, what is density altitude? And also, what are some of the challenges that pilots face when they're operating in hot weather? Well, I'm going to use uh, the FAA's definition for density altitude because it's actually really, really good. (laughs) Uh, Density altitude is pressure altitude corrected for non-standard temperature. As temperature and altitude increase, air density decreases. In a sense, it's the altitude which the airplane feels like it's flying. Um, So that's what density altitude is. And density altitude can be really dangerous in flying, actually, uh, because your plane could feel like it's at a higher altitude. So you may have a service ceiling or you may do performance calculations for whatever your airport elevation is. But if the airplane feels like it's at 14,000 feet and you might be at 7,000 feet, that could become a problem. You might need double the amount of runway that you needed before or more than that or a little less. It it depends. You have to look at your performance calculations, but uh, that's what density altitude can be. Also, some challenges that we have when we're flying in in high density altitude or hot weather, uh, we could have a slower than average climb. Uh, We can have a longer takeoff. Uh, We can have less performance out of the engine, right? Uh, Because that propeller blade is spinning and it's not taking as big a bite of air. It's taking more air molecules uh, to to have it go. Uh, So you might fly a little bit slower. That one's kind of debatable. It depends on quite a few different things. Uh, But also, a lot of people get dehydrated. And they just don't think about bringing or drinking water. And I always... I barely drink water when I'm flying because I don't want to have to go pee. And and I don't want to have to land. And I refuse to use any of those portable johns or whatever other people use or pee in bottles. It's just, that's not my thing. I rather just go land and I'll go land and I don't care. I'll go, I'll go in a bathroom at the airport or heck I'll go in a bush. Um, but I'm not going in, (laughs) I'm not going in the airplane. Um, so I don't drink a lot of water typically, but when it's hot and you're sweating, um, because a lot of airplanes I fly don't have air conditioners. Uh, but what I will say is 
uh, a lot of them do have windows that open. And uh, Carson, do you know uh, how fast you can fly a 172 with the window open, at least on an L, M, and N model? Because I know those for sure. I'm assuming you have to stay out of the yellow arc. Nope. You got to no. stay. You just have to stay below the red line. Uh, you can go up all the way to V, N, E. So the never exceed speed, uh, at least on the L, M, and N models that I have flown uh, for 172s. So uh, keep in mind, you can have your windows open and some students really get kind of freaked out by it. Uh, but I, I enjoy it. I've got my arm out the side of the window and cooling down. So that's kind of for me. Yeah, that's usually what I do too. Um, so I guess when you hit VNE and you know, they always say your, your plane will fall apart as, as they joke about it. Um, I guess it means your windows are going to fall off, right, Brandon? Yeah, your windows will fall off and maybe your wings might fall off too. So don't fly faster than VNE. You will break something on the airplane or break yourself, one of the two. Yeah, preferably uh, not either of those. So stay out of that never exceeds speed. So when you're <laughs> when you're flying um, in this hot weather, how does it really affect the takeoff and landing performance? So, you know, we talked about it might decrease, might increase depending on what you have for a plane that you're flying. So how is it going to affect what you're doing? Um, yeah, I mentioned it in the, my, my first kind of sentence that I said, uh, but it will affect the takeoff and landing performance. You can look at the takeoff and landing performance data in your POH for your particular aircraft. And typically it'll show you at different temperatures, um, or at different altitudes or sometimes temperature and altitude. And it'll actually show you, uh, the performance data for your airplane. So every POH has the performance data. So they'll tell you, hey, I need 300 feet, or I need 1,000 feet, or I need 5,000 feet of runway to take off. Uh, and if you fly more high-performance airplanes or twins, they'll actually tell you how much how much runway you need to take off with a single engine, even. Uh, and that gets more difficult in higher-density altitude as well. Obviously, you're not going to take off with a single engine, but you might have a single engine go-around, or you might lose an engine right after takeoff. Um, so that's why they have those charts there. Uh, but you will need more runway when you're flying in hot weather, no matter what. So every time, if you're used to flying in 65, 70 degree weather um, year round and you have a 100 degree day, uh, it is going to take you more runway to take off. I'll guarantee that. doesn't matter what airplane you're in. Uh, it will take you more. So that's why a lot of the flight schools that you go to, maybe not in like, uh, maybe like Florida because it's pretty flat there, but any flight schools you go to kind of on the west coast or central area they are not going to let you go fly in high density altitude uh because without a checkout at least i know i wouldn't let my students go fly high density altitude without a checkout they need to know exactly how to fly in density altitude they know how to they need to know how to calculate it and they really need to know how to use and read those takeoff and landing performance charts um there's, there's even some little things like you have to lean your mixture for takeoff. Um, that's something very unique that you may have to do on a high end, high density altitude day, um, at a, at an airport that's really, really high. I know at big bear, uh, sometimes you have to lean your mixture just to, to take off. Um, you may have to lean it to, to turn on the engine if it's, if it's hot enough, really kind of depends. Obviously look at your POH. Um, now, to calculate density altitude, I recommend an app that I've had on my on my phone for a long time, and it's Sporty's E6B app. It has a density altitude calculator. You just click it. You type in uh, the altimeter setting. You type in the, uh, the altitude for the airport, like mean sea level altitude, and it'll spit out the, the information for you. It's fantastic. Uh, so I 
highly recommend getting that Sporty Z6B um, on your phone. I think it's 10 bucks or something like that. It's, it's not too expensive. So, Brent, I know you just said that sometimes the schools won't let you fly if the weather's too too hot because uh, that density altitude just gets way up there. And I know sometimes the density altitude will prevent you from flying somewhere. So could you tell me a little bit just more about why schools won't let you fly in certain temperatures? Um, is there a reason because is it beyond density altitude? Yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple reasons. Uh, density altitude um, is one, especially if you're in a, uh, an area that, really you can't fly out of let's say big bear over here or uh, if you're in denver there's a lot of airports you might not even be able to take off in uh, just because you're so high and then the dense the plane will feel like it's it's way higher i know i've i've ran a density altitude calculation and it was like fourteen thousand feet once so it was pretty crazy for a 172 obviously i'm not going to take off like that and wasn't there that one time that you're flying the icon was, was it new mexico that you absolutely do not want to go back to that little airport for that same reason uh, it wasn't, it actually, it wasn't the icon, uh, but I will tell you that story in just a couple minutes. Um, remind me on that. I'm going to tell you the story on the 172 when I took off out of uh, this airport out of New Mexico on my way to Oshkosh. Uh, it's, it's one I'll never go to again. Uh, but yes, I did have some problems or not problems, but it, ugh, climbing in that icon in really hot weather definitely sucks also. But back to your question on some schools have restrictions about flying in, in high temperature um, or in high density altitude. Obviously, we can kind of see based on the conversation we've had on why calculating density altitude and why a proper checkout is probably needed by some flight schools. But what they don't tell you also, I know some schools will have a temperature limit. Uh, some schools have the temperature limit as whatever the POH says, which I think in most 172s, it's like 110 degrees. Um, but I know that I've had limits and I personally will not fly um, and go do maneuvers or anything like that if it's over 99 degrees. And you ask, why is that? And why does Brandon have this arbitrary 99 degree temperature, even though it's not in a POH, it's not any, it's not in an FAA published material, the uh, airplane manufacturer doesn't say you have to. I'll tell you the reason why, because it saves money. Uh, because every time you go fly a, a, an airplane and it's over 100 degrees, you're going to fry a radio. You are going to overheat your engine. You are going to have uh, high oil temps and your flight instructors uh, who work with you or for you. Uh, they are going to ask, why is it almost to red line? And I'll say, is it below red line? And they always say yes. So uh, if it's in the green, it's in the green arc, right? Uh, but it does scare people. People get nervous when the engine gets really hot and it's going to get hot when the ambient temperature is over a hundred degrees. The engine's going to be hotter um, less airflow is going to be coming over, over the motor. It's going to be, it's going to be hard on the airplane. So why do that to the airplane and yourself? Yeah. That, that brings up another thing. Um, you're, you're not just overheating the airplane, you're overheating yourself. It is miserable flying in triple digit temperatures. Uh, it's, it's not fun. And Brandon, I'm sure you have plenty of stories about flying in particularly hot weather. Um, you know, you've been a CFI long enough, you've been a pilot long enough. I even have my own stories. We'll get into those in a second, but tell me about one of yours. Yeah, for sure. So uh, flying in hot weather, I'll, I think I've told the story on like a, one of our first episodes, but I'll briefly talk about it again. But I was on my way to Oshkosh the first year ever, and I had a plane loaded all the way to max gross weight. Um, I was under by like very little, and I was following Richard, actually. He was in his 182 with his father-in-law and brother-in-law, 
And they took off or they landed at this little airport outside of Albuquerque. And uh, it's called Double Eagle Airport. And it's the only airport I refuse to ever fly to ever again. Uh, and uh, I landed after them and they took off before me and I took off right after them. And I used almost the, I, I ran all the numbers, by the way. And it said I had plenty of runway left. Well, I took off and, you know, after you take off, you say gear up, flaps up the whole bit, right? Well, I didn't have gear, but I did put my flaps up and I put it up way too early and I started sinking and I could not get the airspeed. I was just on the verge of stalling and decreasing my altitude. I, 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 I don't know if I barely made it over the fence. That's probably an exaggeration, but it felt like it. Um, and it felt like after I took off, there was like a, a Mesa below. So it kind of went down, but, but the airplane was just not climbing. It was brutal. And in retrospect, I should have just put the flaps back down. I probably would have just climbed like I don't know, 50 feet a minute or something. Instead, I was climbing like 10 feet a minute. It was bad. Like I was barely climbing, if at all. Um, and I've also flown over that desert in really hot weather. I've flown in a Cherokee 6 where you struggle to just maintain your altitude um, at 11, 12,000 feet. Um, struggling to maintain your altitude because, because it's so hot out is not good. You should just go find a place and land. Uh, there's some things you can do to alleviate this, um, fly at night. Um, but if you're flying over the desert at night, you probably should be IFR rated. Uh, you should just fly when it's cooler out. Uh, you should fly a higher performance airplane, one that's turbocharged, uh, in particular, um, don't fly at maximum gross weight, uh, when, when there's high density altitude or when it's really hot out. <clears throat> so I would do all of those things and, I've flown out of Vegas several times. And if you fly to McCarran airport, by the way, a lot of people get scared about class Bravo airports. They're, they're not that bad, especially McCarran. They're pretty, pretty easy and pretty cool about it. They'll let you in. Uh, but I will tell you, if you try to leave on a, on a weekend where there's a fight or there's a, a game or, or something going on, you're going to have a problem getting out of that airport. You could be sitting on the ramp for an hour and a half. Sitting on the ramp for an hour and a half while waiting your turn for takeoff, one, you're, you're wasting a lot of money on fuel, uh, but you're also cooking in that airplane. Even with that big fan, also known as a propeller, spinning in front of you, uh, it's spinning warm air at you. It does not feel good. Uh, and no matter how much I like to take those free water bottles at the FBOs, you can't take enough of them and then you're going to have to stop and go pee on the way there any, or on the way back home anyways for only an hour and a half, two hour flight. So uh, just try not to fly on those super hot days or make, make a conscious decision to fly later at night or at a different time if possible. Because after you take off, I'll give you that example with the, with the Vegas flights. After you take off from Vegas, I mean, you're taking off, I think, at 2,500 feet plus whatever the density altitude is uh, there, which ends up being a lot a lot higher and the temperature is over a hundred degrees. So it's miserable. I mean, you're climbing basically almost at stall speed because you can't climb at VX or VY. You'll be just a little below that just to maintain climb a climb rate of like 50 feet a minute. Sometimes I've seen that before. And then if your engine starts overheating because you're at such a, a crazy angle of attack, just climbing in this hot weather, well, guess what? You're not getting the airflow over your engine either. You can hurt that engine. And this is why I keep on saying don't fly over 90, 99 degrees. There's no reason to fly in triple digits. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt the airplanes. 
Um, but keep in mind, this is my personal preference. Uh, you may have your own personal preference on flying in a high density altitude or high temperature, or your school might have a personal preference on it. Uh, they might have air conditioners or fans or ice packs. I know some schools, they, they give you ice packs and people put them on their backs and they just go through like 200 ice packs every day. They wash them and then reuse them at the end of the day. So there are other possibilities um, and other people go about it different ways. I know that I think there might be some STCs out there that you can even put more than one oil cooler on there or uh, things like that. Those will alleviate those issues. So don't just tell your school, hey, Brandon said not to fly over 99 degrees. That's not not going to work for me. Uh, they might be doing something a little bit different where it works for them and it's safe and all that stuff. So keep in mind, listen to your flight school you're going to. Uh, although if you do own your own aircraft, I'm going to highly suggest you agree with me and try not to fly over 99 degrees. It's terrible for you. It's terrible for your engine. It's terrible for your airplane. Um, save that engine, save that airplane and be nice to it because it'll save your life one day. You know, flying, flying those temperatures, just it's miserable. And I've seen the plane firsthand, just not be able to perform. Um, there, there was one time I was going up with my instructor and we had one of his, you know, his buddies in the back and there's a three of us in a 172 coming out of Riverside. So it was, you know, 5,000 foot runway, you're fine. Um, and we, we made it maybe, you know, two thirds of the way down the runway, a little bit more uh, before we, we started to really start climbing. Uh, it, it was, it wasn't like a, wow, we're, we're barely making over the fence, barely you know, scraping the trees, but it, it was really showing me just what density altitude will do. Uh, that was with half tanks. That wasn't like, you know, a 99 degree day. So we weren't at max weight by any means, but just showing me, Density altitude really can change the performance of your airplane. So uh, flying in hot weather is something that, for me, you know, really puts that theory into practice. And I learned about how density altitude uh, affects the flight, but it wasn't really until I started flying on those hot summer days and that 172 was climbing at 300 feet per minute that I really understood how important it is to carefully plan your flights in the heat. It really is. I mean... Don't just don't just carefully plan your flights in the heat. I would carefully plan every flight. Um, look at the POH. Um, as pilots, especially ones that fly to the same airport and fly in the same airplanes, you get accustomed to just knowing, oh, my, my plane takes off in half of this runway. No, don't do that. Calculate your density altitude every once in a while. Calculate what it, what it takes to, uh, uh, to be able to take off in that airplane because you're supposed to know all that information before you take off legally. So you should, even if you're flying the same airplane over and over again, over again out of your airport, I implore you to go calculate it, go look at the airplane or at the uh, performance charts and, and really make yourself a better and safer pilot. And as I'm studying for my, you know, by, by annual flight review, like we talked about, um, on the other episode, just letting you guys know that these kind of things are perishable skills. Uh, it's not until I'm going back and trying to calculate all these things like density, altitude, and takeoff distance that I'm really realizing how quickly these skills have gone away. Um, and it, it's, it's hard for me to do again because I, I haven't learned that since you're right for my check ride when I was really cramming it and studying hard. So keep up on these things. Like Brandon said, just do them every once in a while. Even if the numbers stay the same, make sure you can still calculate it. Absolutely. I mean, even as a flight instructor, I know when I first got my CFI and, and prior to that, I could calculate density altitude with math. Um, I'll tell you what, I can't do that anymore. Uh, I am 
the holden to my calculator or e6b uh, on calculating that and and there's nothing wrong with that i just use the tools that i always have available with me uh i also <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually, on my CFI ride and on a lot of my check rides, I never used a manual E6B. Uh, I know how to use it. I know how to use the slide. I know how to do all that stuff, but I never had to use it. Uh, I even told my my uh, my DPE, he said, well, what if you have to teach somebody how to do this? I said, I just won't take them on as a student. <laughs> I'll just teach them how to use it with the uh, with the electronic one. I'll, I'll give them mine to use. And uh, and it's worked for me. So, uh, so I just like that electronic one. And because of that, I haven't had to memorize the, the formulas anymore. Now there's nothing wrong with memorizing the formulas. I mean, that's always a good, good skill, but math was not my strong suit. And I think I've talked about that in another episode, how you don't have to be a mathematician to be a pilot. And that's very true in my case. Um, you can just know basic stuff and know how to use a calculator and that'll get you through the day. But with all that being said, just a reminder, go ahead and go calculate density altitude on your next flight. The weather's getting warmer in all parts of the country. Um, in California, it's getting warmer. Florida, it's getting warmer. Heck, even in the, the Northeast, it's getting warmer. Calculate your density altitude, especially if you're going to go mountain flying. Uh, but thank you guys for listening today. I really enjoyed talking about this subject. Um, I'm a real stickler with calculating density altitude. I talk about it uh, repeatedly uh, with my students and on every every BFR or, or biannual flight review, or the FAA now calls it a flight review. Uh, I talk about it every single time on those flight reviews. It is a uh, perishable skill, like Carson said, that must be practiced. Also, crack open that POH. Uh, you haven't done it in a while. You know who you are. Just go crack it open. Look at those performance charts and kind of know uh, know what you're what you're looking at and even calculate it for a really hot day, uh, doing some mountain flying at a, at a random airport, uh, like L 35, which is big bear. So go check that out. Uh, as always, if you want to reach out to either one of us, uh, you can reach us at Twitter, Instagram for me, it's at Mr. Martini guy for Carson. It's at Carson underscore AV 17. And as we prefer, uh, reach us via email, Brandon at aviationmentors.com or Carson at aviationmentors.com. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya.